Welcome to episode five of the conversation. It's good to see you, family. You look great. I can tell through the lens that you look awesome. You brush your teeth. Love that. You sprayed on some cologne. We should start doing that. Just get dressed up for the conversation. Yeah, well, we do. Yeah, yeah we, we do. do. Yeah. Yeah, but you should do it yeah, as absolutely. well. Absolutely. And so thank you for we only got this is only gonna be six episodes. So start crying now. Because wow. last next week is our final episode. But guess what? What? We just got this just in. We've been picked up by HBO. What? HBO? HBO. Wow. Yeah. I, I said Put Netflix last week and Not HBO this week. None of that has happened. <laughs> but we Keep are praying, going Church. to continue to speak in faith every single week that this is going to be picked up by Absolutely. major networks. Absolutely. Why not? Notice how I skipped TBN and went to like Netflix you, and HBO. You really reached, didn't yeah, you? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so episode six Disney is going to happen Plus. next week. And then the following, we're going to do season two. It's been renewed by the church. It's like, been renewed two? by, by you. You I'm decided? Using, I got the lingo. We've been renewed for season two. Are there any sneak preaks at preaks? preaks? What's yeah. a preak? No, there's none of that. There's definitely a sneak <laughs> preview. Don't say that. HBO. Yeah. Um, are there any like ideas of like what we might do? You're getting into a Sorry. little bit of like Sorry guys, confidentiality, details. you know what I'm saying? So as usual, let me introduce my co-host, Elise Murphy, What's everybody, up? all the way from Australia. Living so, here for a while. Uh, she's been here for a while, yeah, but she's while. all the way from Australia. Facts. And then we have the legend, the triple OG. Mm. Triple. Times That's three. a big title at 16. Mm -hmm. Gold chain just shimmering just right on an Adam's <laughs> apple. Ladies and gentlemen, Kendall Haley, everybody. And uh, we've been going through the life of Joseph, and I've really enjoyed this. It's like, been the best. We should probably like cry next week on the final episode. You've been crying a lot one. already, so there's just a lot of emotion. That's but we've been be. talking about this a lot. It's been yeah. really, really good in, in unpacking the life of Joseph. And each week we've been uh, talking about how similar what Joseph's life is this six months could be summed mm -hmm. up as Joseph's life. Like when mm -hmm. we look back on 2020, 2020 we just yeah. probably should call it, oh, that was like, like Joseph. Joseph. We, we yep. went through a lot. Joseph went through a lot. And we're kind of catching up to the, to the end of the, of the story. And, and so interesting enough, if you read, you know, Genesis, you start in Genesis 40, it, it gets pretty scary. And if you don't read the end, yeah. you can become really discouraged in the middle. Mm -hmm. Right. And this story has been really helping me realize that sometimes we just got to make it through the middle. That's right. so good. Like yep. We got to make it through the middle. God yeah. is the be I said this last week. God is the beginning, the, yep. the end, the alpha, the omega. We got to make it through the middle. Right. And so we, we had some pretty intense middle parts of Joseph's yeah. life as yeah. um, this entire season. Uh, maybe this one encourage somebody. It's just the middle. Um, mm. This is not how it's going to end. It's not going to end with me having less income, less finances. This is not going to end. That's right. This is just the middle, and we're mm. going to get through it. And we're going to come on the other side of this um, better, stronger. I believe it. Yeah. And so um, last week, we kind of went through Genesis uh, 43, and we really locked in on the patterns that Jacob had that yeah. kept revisiting him in his life. And then we're going to not necessarily bypass Genesis 44, but we're going to really lean in on the Genesis 45. So let me give you a quick recap on what happens between oh, Genesis 43 and Genesis 45. Mm -hmm. Genesis 44, this picks up where Joseph's brothers have come back for the second um, uh, harvest of grain or the, the second, you know, they go in and get another batch of grain from Joseph. This time, Joseph puts his money, their money back in their bags. He also puts his special silver cup. He puts the good cup. silverware mm -hmm. in the bag of the youngest brother. 
so that when he sent his attendant to chase down the mm -hmm. brothers, they would find the silver cup in Benjamin's bag, right. and here's his plan. He's going to arrest Benjamin because yep. he, he doesn't think he can get his father to show up unless he has Benjamin, Benjamin right. mm. which is interesting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, wow, that feels like we shouldn't skip over it. But we, we probably shouldn't skip yeah. over that uh -oh. <laughs> because it, in some senses, you know, he knows his dad well. Wow. Right. He knows what his dad values. Because he was Benjamin in a sense. He was yeah. Benjamin. So he's like, I'm going to use Benjamin to get my dad here. Wow. And I just, I can't prove it, but I wonder why he didn't just say, hey, I'm, I'm Joseph. Hey, dad, Maybe I'm when here. you're in that, he maybe didn't feel like his dad ever came to look for wow. him. But I wonder why he couldn't just say, hey, I'm in Joseph, Egypt, right. go get my dad. Wow. Maybe he didn't feel like he would have come. But anyway, so he, he sneaks the cup. <laughs> I'm just bypassing that. Okay. You know, That's if great. we get into that, people are going to start crying. Anyway. And I don't want him to People cry until crying. the crying again. You know. And so they, they, he sends his attendant. The attendant finds a silver cup in Benjamin's bag. And then they all come back and have this big conversation where he's like, you have to leave your little brother Benjamin with me. And then you have to go get your dad. He's just trying to get the family together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because remember, Joseph is walking in prophetic revelation. And I'll just stop here. Okay. I wasn't planning on stopping here, you but I got to stop here. Yep. I think one of the hardest things to do in all of life is to have prophetic revelation. God has told you something that he hasn't told anyone else mm -hmm. or he's tried to tell them and they rejected it. Mm -hmm. And now you are around these people trying to make the best decision for them. Right. And God's trying to tell everybody the same thing. And it, I wonder if in that moment, Joseph's like, hey, remember when I had that coat and I hey told guys, you about the dream? I don't want to bring dream? this up. Is this a bad time? <laughs> it's a bad time to tell you. I told you so. That's what I would have yeah. done. Ah. So he's trying to lead. He's making decisions. He's trying to figure out how yeah. to get them all back yeah. in the same place. And it's hard because his last time trying to communicate with them. Did not go well. What no. God was doing didn't go wow. well. Mm -mm. So I'm wondering if he's thinking the same thing the last time. This is why it's important <sighs> that we don't process Things well. The last time I tried to do that, right. you know, so many times we try oh, to express wow. what we feel, express what God is saying, and then we go, "Yeah, but the last time right. I did that, nobody listened." So now, right? The Bible says anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Yep. And one of the things I want to encourage you, our listeners, I'm using technical terms. Listeners, I want to encourage our listeners, our friends. One of the things I want to encourage our listeners <laughs> our about friends. is is that. The Bible says it, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Mm -hmm. right. In Christ is a new creation. There's a permanence there. Yeah. But I honestly believe we're not careful. We allow people to trigger us, give us feelings, and anyone who's in our, in our feelings is constantly yeah. a new creation. So right. every day someone makes you feel a certain way, you can actually end up being a new creation. Right. Mm -hmm. A completely different person that now responds to how this person might mm -hmm. respond. You ever done that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Like where you shape your conversation based on how they might respond. Right. And now you're not the Elise that is the same Elise. Right. You're the Elise that's, oh, this person doesn't listen. This person makes me feel unsafe. This person makes me feel, and you're constantly- And you shape the one right. message exactly. for the listener rather than, yeah, it's, ex yeah. it's exhausting too. Yeah, I'm tired just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm exhausted. It's great. So Joseph is navigating so all of this. I'm sure right. he's navigating he's all of this because he's really yeah. having some plans in Genesis 44. Let me put the cup in there, and then let me oh, he then come back and get Benjamin. Yeah. And then it all melts down, mm -hmm. and we're going to pick up in Genesis 45, 45, where he finally goes, 
all right, I'm Joseph. Right. <laughs> you know? Could have mm-hmm. done it in the first place. Well, I, wait, can like, like five seconds, and it's definitely going to be longer than that. Mm-hmm. But Judah, it typically is. his brother, Ruth, Judah, his brother, was the one that, in a sense, took him to his limit because Judah was the one that was like, hey, guy, in the pit, hey, let's not kill him, let's sell him into slavery. So right. he was persuading someone for a change of circumstance for, um, for Joseph. Right. But then 20 mm-hmm. years later or whatever it was, he's coming to Joseph again, not realizing it's Joseph, saying, hey, let me put myself in, yeah. like, in place of Benjamin. Don't take Benjamin, take me. So even that heart transformation, that transformation, redemption in one person, mm-hmm. can you imagine being Joseph and what a challenge that would be, how convicted you'd feel for that, of like, I've been making all this up, just trying to keep my family around, right. not realizing they're not the same people either right. that they right. were 20 years ago. So he's trying to communicate to them how he thinks they're going to hear it, but actually, but he hasn't seen them. He hasn't right, seen yeah. them. He didn't realize that Judah, honestly, like tested Joseph mm-hmm. with his with Judah's sincerity, and Joseph wasn't being sincere. And he tested the family. Joseph was fi- trying to like fight with his family or right. do this. Judah was over here fighting for his family, and I think that that's a really cool moment to take note of the character, if you will, the human of. Judah has come a long way as well, not yeah. just Joseph. So. Yeah, yeah, everyone has. And it's he's trying to navigate that. And so then you have Genesis 43 and 44 that are Joseph kind of coming through some like shaky plans yeah. that aren't working. Right. And then we're going to pick up in Genesis 45 where he just goes, <laughs> I can't do it. All right, you know what? I'm Joseph. All right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to, okay. I'm going to ask a really strong question oh. before mm-hmm. I read Genesis 45. I like that you through. rate your questions before you ask them. This is going to be this strong. Is strong. Have you ever had a moment in your life? Genesis 43, Genesis 44 moment where you're, you're controlling everything, you're strategizing. As so many times in, in, in church, we have COVID, we have strategy meetings on how we're going to tr- approach racism. We have strategy meetings on how we're going to approach COVID-19. We have strategy meetings on how we're going to reach the world for Jesus. And, and all of those things sometimes are based off what other people are doing often. You ever yeah. have that moment where you have your... Genesis 43, yep, 44, definitely. if you will. And you, and you have to say, you know what? I'm Joe's. I'm Kendall. Right. I just got to be me. And I got to see what results being me gets. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had definitely. that experience where it's like, you know what? I just got to be me. Yeah. I got to stop trying to figure everything out. I think the easiest example for me is just basketball. So per game. And you can hoop. Yeah. Well, Jump shot. Right, crazy. Stop <laughs> um, but per, per game, you know, there's always a different game plan for each team, right? One team might have this guy that is really good at this and shooters and whatnot. But so before each game, we always game plan, strategize about what we need to do, how our game relates to theirs and how we can really stop them. But I remember this happens all the time is where it's like a coach might ask you a responsibility to do and it's not really your strong suit. And then you're getting punished in the game like you're getting I mean, like I remember like they wanted me to rebound and I'm I'm a taller guy but compared to the guys that I play against like 7 footers 6 9 it's like for a 62 guy to rebound against those guys is kind of hard but mm. when I went back to what I really do best it's when the whole team excels like I feel like when you really do what you know you can do well is when everybody around you you know excels mm. if if I become if I don't shoot well like if, for example, if the coach says, I'm, I'm a shooter, right? The coach says to me, I want you to pass all the time. 
what is that doing for my team? You know what I'm saying? But when I shoot, I'm now the right. team now benefits from what I'm doing because I know my strong yeah. suit. I know what I'm okay. good at. Yeah, and I think that's the part that we don't. We have catchphrases in church world where we say, "Man, I need to be more like Jesus," right. and it sounds really good. Or I I need to be the hands and feet right. of this Jesus. One. Being the hands and feet in Jesus is a really common church term that <laughs> mm-hmm. is nowhere in the Bible. When you no. told me that that day and you were like, Elise, where is in the Bible? I was like, it's in the Bible, Julian. You were like, where? And you were like, did this because you clearly had done the research before me. You were like, where? And I was like, oh, no, it's not in the Bible. Right. It's, it's not there. So we say these catchphrases yep. in church. Yeah. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And everybody right. goes, yay. <laughs> and there's nowhere. What that means is... We're only connecting to what we do for God, yeah. not God transforming us into his image. Yeah. Right. And so what you're saying is, no, we're not going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The Bible says we're the body of Christ. I need what Kendall has. Mm-hmm. I need what you have. You need what I have. Mm-hmm. And unified together, we go be the body That's of right. Christ to our city, right, right, right. not the hands and feet, the mm-hmm. entire body, his heart. You know, his hands, yeah. his feet, the whole thing. We Everything. move like him. We walk like him. Everything that he would do with his right. body in his physical body on earth as the body of Christ we can do. So we're limited when we don't allow those things to happen. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me with the beginning of Joseph, or excuse me, Genesis 45, where he's like, you know what? Joseph couldn't stand it any longer. I gotta tell people who I am. Right. And I really feel, you know, to, to your point, Kendall, that God doesn't need you to be like him. He doesn't need you to impersonate Jesus. He needs you to be you so he can be him. And the more you are you in vulnerability, the more you are you in who you really are, the more God can reveal who he is mm. to you. Right. So he doesn't need you to look the Bible and look at and impersonate him and try right. to be like him. And, you know, those little bracelets, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Like, we don't know. Right. We don't know what Jesus would do in COVID-19. We don't know. God needs us to be us, and he needs us to ask him to reveal himself. And if you played basketball Mm. with Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. every single day, all day long, well, he's 50-something now. If you played basketball with LeBron James (laughs) every single day, dude, you're going to get better at basketball. No matter what, yeah. Because as you play with him, you're going to notice things that he does. So Mm. it's the intimacy with Jesus that creates that. And I really believe that this oh, is going good, to encourage yeah. somebody right now that God needs you to be you. Right. God needs you to be you. He doesn't need you to be like him. Yeah. He needs you to be you, you right. and hang out with him a lot right. so that eventually you'll be more like him. Right, right, and he right. did this by picking crazy people in the Bible yeah. to, 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 to do awesome things. And so just that moment where Joseph says, you know what, that's it. I, I'm going to be me. And, and that's where it really started to flow. And before we read... Genesis 1 through uh, whatever we're going to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15, something like that. Love that. I want you to have that moment where you're just like, I, you know what? I tried this plan, this strategy, this thing. I tried to be like this person. I tried to be, I tried to be like God. Yeah. I, I think I'm just going to allow God to meet me where I'm at, and I'm going to be me. Be myself. And I'm going to allow God to come into my life and not make me better, but make me new. That is actually the gospel. Mm. Not that we get better, that we are a new creation through Mm -hmm. these encounters with Jesus. And so I thought that was important. Genesis 1. You ready? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. 45. That was a great intro. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about that? 
It was good. very good. I think that like when you're talking about the image of God. I was just asking how you felt. No, absolutely. I know, but I have this thought in my head. I need to say it. And at the, this point where I'm co-host, so I'd like to actually just no, yeah. add okay. something in here. All right. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I think that as long as we're not thinking like I don't want to be like Jesus, I think the trouble we get in, or for me as a church kid, the trouble I always got in was trying to, what you just said, do what would Jesus do in this situation? Like do the task rather than become the person. And if you hang out with Michael Jordan long enough, you're going to just start, I'm about to do a basketball reference and I should not have started that go reference. Go ahead, go for because, it. Yeah, here we go. You know, Let's with Michael it. Jordan, Buckle you're going um, <laughs> to do the shooting in the baskets. You're going to be like Mike, you know? Right. But whew, that was a close one um, and didn't really get it, but that's mm-hmm. fine. But the more you hang out with someone, you naturally become like them. So mm-hmm. if I think, okay, I'm going to be like Julian. I'm going to, what would Julian do? But I never even hang out with him. It's going to seem really fake or really empty right. or shallow. But if we're around each other, it's so evident when people say, shoot, or like fire, or everyone mm-hmm. knows the little things that people pick up from you because you've proximity mm-hmm. is what changes people. So mm-hmm. that was the only thing in my head that I was like, we we want to be, we want to get closer to Jesus and naturally you become like the people you hang around a little mm-hmm. more. Yeah, and it's easy to do that through the Bible. Right. So even when we could say we go on a Bible study, we're doing a Bible study, mm-hmm. that's not just head knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that the word of God is alive, yeah, that's powerful great. and active, mm-hmm. able to divide between soul and spirit. That's good. So then when you are reading your Bible, this is what should be happening. All the flaw. What is the soul? The soul. All of your flaws are hidden in your soul. Right. So your soul mm-hmm. is your mind, your thinking, mm-hmm. your will, your ability to make decisions. That's how we make mm-hmm. whether we're going to sin or do something holy, and our emotions, our feelings. That's where all of our imperfections lie. When you put your faith in Jesus, your spirit is made completely perfect. Immediate. Yeah. Spirit, right. soul, and body. So the moment you get saved, your spirit is perfect. perfect. Right. Your spirit wants to do everything God wants you to do. Your <laughs> spirit so. wants to worship right. God. Your spirit wants to wait until you get married to have sex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your soul is like, yo, she's uh-uh. popular. <laughs> Does that make sense? And yeah. so, and so God is not issue. trying to, to, to necessarily That's great. do this like quick and easy thing on your soul. The issue with life is the word of God helps you know which one is which. Some of the dangerous decisions that you make is I'm just going to be me. But you is complete. Which you? Yeah. The spirit you or the soul you? Wow. So people say all the time, this is just who I am. This is who I am. Which part? Right. The spirit part or the soul part? Yeah. This is just whatever it is, whether it's sexuality, whether it's business, whether it's money, whatever it is. The word helps you discover which part have you been using the most. Because you're right. That is you. But there's more layers to you. There's your soul you. And there's your spirit you. And the spirit you cares nothing about nothing but glorifying God. That is mm. so good. And that's what Joseph's been battling. That's what he's soul battling. And spirit. He's battling soul and spirit. Segway back. So he's like, you, you threw it back. I know you I like, did. I went. Diverted us like, into I did the right direction. I did the shooting of. Assist. I, whoa. Assist. I, I, yeah. did, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the place. But I do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this is the battle that we're in yeah. when you say, I'm going to be me. There is two different, That's and the right. Word of God helps you figure out which me. And, and in the middle of 2020, let me tell you something. 
the me that you need to right. be is the spirit, spirit. part of you. Because mm-hmm. everything's being torn down. Right. And in, in, yeah. in Zechariah, when he was talking to the Zerubbabel, we go on this for a minute. I, it's I, great, though. I, because I said, think people struggle with this so much. Yeah, of like, I want to do the right thing. You can't. Right. It, it's, but not by might, but by spirit. Yes. So you have to tap into the and get a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. that you is going to be the one that's going to get you out of this. That season. is right. so good. Genesis 1. Genesis 45. 45. 45. Verse 1. Verse 1. Joseph couldn't stand any longer. There were many people in the room um, after those plans failed in Genesis 44. And he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he took them, when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could wow. hear him. And the word of it quickly carried to Pharaoh's palace. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. Wow. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. Verse 5 is mind-blowing. Don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. This kind of feels that like that moment where Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They didn't yeah. know what they were doing. Right, right, right. Because how do you transition in the meat to revealing, hey, you threw me in the Yo, pit, but hey, don't we're mad. good. Right, right, and with right. the clear emotion coming out of it to then pivot. That you were affected by that, Oof. that you immediately pivot to, pivoted wow. to forgiveness. Yeah. And that is where I believe wow. the, the prophetic word of God in his heart, that's the spirit part that came. Yeah. You know? And he said, you know, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. And look at this. It was God who sent me here mm. ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. But God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God hmm. who sent me here. Wow. Not you. Man, I feel like preaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, you, I'm, we better be glad we're having a conversation because I feel like preaching. <laughs> and he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him this is what your son Joseph said. says, God has made me master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Goshen where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own. I will take care of you there. For there is still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you and your Mm. household and your animals will starve. Then Joseph said, look, you can see for yourselves. And so my brother, uh, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Mm. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you've seen and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin. And Benjamin did the same. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. That is powerful. Mm-hmm. That's an I emotional passage. lock in a, a moment on, on just a couple things that he said. Um, in number, verse number five, he goes, don't be upset and, yeah. and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. This is my opinion as a pastor. I always think about, there's a lot in the Bible, obviously, Genesis to Revelation, and you can be really overwhelmed at everything that you feel like you need to get better at right. yeah. in life. Yeah. I have found in my experience being a Christian and relatively short, I'm 43, and I would say I've been like a sold out Christian, like wanting to do everything for God only since age 30. 
right? And so from 30 to 43, this has been my life, right. pursuing Jesus. And one of the things that I think that if I could share with anybody is that offense and forgiveness and my ability to, to, to forgive quickly yeah. mm-hmm. is probably the number one attribute mm. that has allowed me to do wow. what God has called me to do. Because if I look back at all the opportunities that almost cost me everything that I'm currently doing, they are all offense and they're all unforgiveness. Most of them. And of course, like if I sin or mess up, right. I'm saying if, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, and I'm following God, typically the biggest obstacles that I've had to overcome were when someone didn't do what they were supposed to do for me or to me. And those moments can cost me everything. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that we don't lean into forgiveness enough. We don't lean into forgiveness enough. We talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. Because it becomes that thing where it's like, oh yeah, forgive, yep, got it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, love people, yep, got it. Add it to the list, yeah. Right? And so, do you feel like, can you look back at a moment where you let something go? Yeah. And, and you can look at where you are, where you were able to go to mm. because of something you let go. Can you look back at a moment like yeah. that? Yeah. <clears throat> I think for me personally, uh, being involved with school and, and the youth right now is like, they all hold grudges, you know what I mean? Like they all hold little ticks and mm. nicks about you and so quick to judge There's things a about backpack you. filled yeah, with grudges. Just, like, I mean, you know what I mean? About everybody and yeah. what they do yeah. and everything. But for me, the moment I, or a moment that I can remember is like when one time on social media somebody posted something about me and it was really like it hurt me a little bit, you know? But I think what I've been able to do and what's really cool is that through my forgiveness of them, I've now been able to forgive quicker. Right. But that allows me to be cool with everybody. For example, at my school, there's like kicks or clicks and like little gangs, not like gang gangs, but like people that specifically hang out with each other's little groups. Mm-hmm. But I'm at the point where I'm able to go in each one of those group and connect with all of them because I don't hold grudges or things against those people, even though they might have done something to me. And I think that with what the people in those groups do is they hold grudges about people not only outside of their groups but inside of their groups as well so often i hear people talking mess about others that are even probably like their best friends it's crazy to me when they're not around yeah when they're not around it's like they'll be talking all nice and then all of a sudden you hear them talking about one of their closest homies or one of their best friends right behind their back it's like how does that you know how does that even make sense right but I think that's, that's personally for me is like understanding to that me forgiving fast allows me to connect with people uh, more because instead of holding grudges about them, I'm welcoming them instead of that. You know, I was, I was talking about this, you know, and this is going to continue to come up a lot because just the season we're in, I was talking to somebody about racism mm-hmm. and I was saying that 50%, I believe, of the damage racism has done to me is not the racist act itself. It's the stuff it leaves in my heart after it's over. Like 50% of it is how I feel after it's over. My own soul, my own issue. So I'm walking in such offense. You, You have people, for example, who two weeks prior 
to Ahmaud Arbery, two weeks prior to George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, two weeks prior. What are you doing? I was going to the beach, you know, just hanging out. We're going to go grab a coffee. You're going to go grab an avocado toast. Just living their life. And then they see that stuff on the news and all of a sudden they hate America and they hate cops. Mm. They didn't hate cops before that. Right. They hate cops now. Wow. So now there's this offense that's gotten that's, deep in wow. their heart about which, by the way, I absolutely get that. But you right. didn't hate cops before that. You right. just do now. So now there's this deep offense where all of a sudden we have to. And here's the thing. It's almost as if now I have to deal with the offense and the unforgiveness in my heart towards this, the things that I wish my country would have mm. done right. to the way that I wish this. We're not even talking about racism anymore. We're talking about how my white friend Elise responds to it now. Right. Like your silence is what your, your agreement. And yeah. we're not even talking about George Floyd anymore. Now George Floyd has brought so much. We're talking about how Elise responded to George right. Floyd. Right. So now I'm mad at Elise. I'm right. not even mad at racism in this country. I'm right. so offended. I'm analyzing Elise's post, who's from Australia. Why would she know what to post it? You right. see what I'm saying? I find myself doing that. And, and, and now the effects of racism have become my own heart. Right. And so what I've been focused on doing is how do I get this stuff out of my heart mm. so I can battle this from a healthy place? Wow. Right? You know what I mean? How do I get free so I can battle this from a healthy place? And so I think this was important that almost like before Joseph actually moved forward wow. with any strategy, he said, hey, don't be too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. Wow. They tried to kill him. Mm -hmm. and it's like, let me just, let me, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Wow. Don't beat yourself up about it. Can you imagine the person who, who did the worst thing to you? It was like, hey, don't, don't, don't beat yourself up about it. That's the first thing that came out of your mouth. It, and so I think this is important that we wow. lean to that a little bit more. And he tells them to come closer. I don't get that part. So they came closer. It's like this moment. And he says, Joseph, your brother whom you sold, don't be upset. Don't be angry. This famine has ravaged the land. But before he says that, he says, it was God who sent me here ahead of you. Right. God sent me here. Mm -hmm. right? And yep. so <laughs> God didn't put me in the pit. You did. Right. God sent me here. Oh, it's not excusing. No. Y'all threw me in the pit. Y'all definitely did a brother dirty. Right. But hey, God already had planned to make this good anyway. Right. I, I was Shoot. always meant to be here. Right. I want to pause out. So where I'm at now, God sent me here. So therefore, when I had the dream, there's no way God, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow, somehow, I don't know how God was going to get Joseph to Egypt. But when God gave Joseph the dream... The brothers responded to the dream by putting him in the pit. Right. I don't necessarily think that it was God's plan that your brothers are going to, but he let it happen. And right. he used it as a vehicle to get Joseph to, to that des place. destination. Right. Wow. He used that as a vehicle. Right. So for me, mm -hmm. like, have you ever looked at like, because, you know, when things go wrong, right? When things go left, racism, COVID-19, as I've been processing with God, God's been telling me it's a vehicle. Mm -hmm. That thing that you were praying for before this all happened, if you allow me to move in your heart, this is a vehicle. So if I ask you this question, and y'all better ask yourself this question, this is going to definitely be. What place? This is the vulnerable question. How is this a vehicle? <laughs> Where do you think that this, 
we'll, we'll take you. Where, COVID-19 or 2020? Whatever you would, you're obviously your, you know, your, your, your ex and your divorce and all that stuff. It, to me, it's been a bit of a vehicle for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Definitely a broke down 1957. No, it wasn't a fun vehicle. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't a like a cute vehicle. little convertible. Rattlesnake like, in the back seat. Hair out. Like, you know, smoke coming selfies. through the dash. Nope. Got a bad yeah, exhaust. Yeah. But it's getting you there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and so many cut, times cut. the car ride is so uncomfortable, you don't realize, but I'm moving forward. Right? Yeah, that's so good. So, that's, yes. Vehicle. I think for sure. I, I like what you said too, like God will use it as a vehicle. I don't necessarily know if I would be here without going through that experience. Now looking back on it with all the perspective I have, right. but time gives me perspective on that divorce, on that heartbreak to see, oh, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't have been for mm-hmm. that. And I would, I said to someone the other day, I was like, I, you know, the people that are like, you know, I was in the pit and in prison and I would go through it all again. I am not that person. Mm-hmm. No, I am no, no, nowhere near the so point good. where I'm like, oh my gosh, I would do that all, over all again. again. I'd change nothing. Like, mm-hmm. nope, I wouldn't do that all again. But I am really grateful for it because I don't think, we said it in, I think, episode one, I think that my divorce gave me my wholeness. And mm-hmm. so I think I had to go through that. I had to go on that journey. Now, I don't have God's perspective. I don't know if there was another way to do it. I just know the way I did it. And yeah. so I'm not saying that's the way to do it at all. Right. If I can stop people going through that pain, I want to. That's really good. But for me, going through that, being here, I'm really grateful for it. And I think sometimes people can watch your journey so that they can go a different route and still get to where you're at. But your journey is still your journey. Yeah. And, and so I think that... Um, that's why I can say that that I'm I'm grateful for it. And and do I know if there was another way? I don't see how there could have been. Honestly, I don't know right. if I would have gotten honest enough with myself to 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 not have had to go through something like that. Yeah, and I th- I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes when we talk about yeah, God uses all things, that you got to be careful because sometimes your choices can be a vehicle, but it puts your vehicle in reverse. Right. Mm-hmm. I, your choices absolutely can set you back. I have experienced other people's choices propel me forward. If it's really not me, mm-hmm. it's a vehicle to move Yeah, forward. that's really good. If it's mm-hmm. the offense thing. If it's not me, and it's if, a, if what they did against you and you forgive them, God usually uses, as one of those, like, you know, those Mario Kart games where it's like you can go zoom on the yeah. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it goes like the faster. Booster. Yeah, that, yeah. The booster, that's right. But then if it's me, then usually that, like, is the banana thing. And it, yeah. like, goes, Whoa. I think it would be important, this is just a personal deal. Theology. When I say personal theology, meaning that I don't, I can't necessarily support it with the scripture, but it served me well. (laughs) Okay. And it's based loosely off of this: Mm -hmm. that if I am not moving forward in my life, it is never because of what somebody did to me. Never. That is a personal theology that nobody can stop me from getting to what God has for me because they made a choice. That is really bad theology because it's saying I can do all the right things. God can be like no evil at all. God mm-hmm. can be completely love, can be completely good. I can be completely obedient. And now I'm not getting what God has for me because of the choice that mm. you made. Right. My theology is you are helping me. If you do anything to me, you are helping me. And if I feel impeded at all in my relationship with God or my destination, then I need to check my own heart right. and my own soul. Mm-hmm. And so... I can't do anything about racism has two parts for me in my life. Mm-hmm. The part 
of being black and what people do to me or don't do and the way that it makes me feel right. and the damage that it does in my soul. Yeah. And I have to trust God that if I take care of that part, what it's doing to me and I trust God, that he's going to exalt me above my oppressors. Right. And then I have to be in a place in my soul where I would bless the people who put me in the pit. Right. That's, that's like, think about that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that's I, what he did. That's what happened. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like, yeah. think about all the people that we, we were in this thing. And I'm go. we over time, but I'm about to go there. All right. Let's do it. Let's I'm go. A, I'm going to go there. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle no. up. <laughs> Actually, just kidding. Closing thought. Oh, oh, you're not really going to go there? No. Okay, sorry, everybody. Sorry, people that got excited. Sorry, we yeah. don't have time. No, I'm going to go uh, Jesus didn't say I just want to see how bad you want me to go there. I want you to go I'm there. I'm going to go there. Cancel culture. Here's what cancel culture oh, is. Oh, love that. Cancel culture is everybody that does something you don't like now, yep. you can post about it. They you can say try to canceled. bring them down. You could try to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's not the Bible. Right. It's really not. He actually didn't cancel them. He blessed them. He helped them. Right. them. He wow. helped them. Right. The people who put him in that situation. And so I'm going to give y'all a, a bit of like a really challenging prophetic word. God, you know, I, I became, I, I don't even remember this been a blur what year I became a pastor, but I think it was like 2015. So I became a pastor in 2015. I got ordained. I was so new to ministry. I didn't even know what an ordination was. You didn't know Christina had to be there? <laughs> nah, man. I was just like, yo, I'm getting ordained. This weekend is going to be fire, man. I got a suit. And I show up to my ordination. They're like, where's your family? And I'm like. They meant to come? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, I, was, I just told them about it. Like, no, this is a big deal. Like, right. once in a lifetime. It was a huge deal, too. Right. I didn't grow up in church like that. Yeah. So I didn't know that yeah. ordination was a big deal. My dad wasn't there. Nobody was there. Right. So I was just like, I thought I was about to give oh me a certificate or something. <laughs> So I get ordained, and um, when I get ordained, shortly after that, I go into my office, and there's a baseball bat on my, my, my desk. And the baseball bat has a scripture from Genesis 41 on it, I think 25, 20, verse 26, where it says these two dreams are one and the same, and they will both happen or whatever. Yeah. Really bizarre verse about this famine. And I had this baseball bat for really long time, mm -hmm. like five years, whatever it was. And it may have even been longer than that, but had this baseball bat sit in my closet and I always used to think about what did it mean? What did it mean? Right. What did it mean? And so last year, um, uh, 2000 and when did we go to Elevation? Was that 2018? I didn't go, but oh. it's still a soul point, guys. I'd like the world to, to know it's still a soul Best point. Best trip of our life. It's still a soul point. <laughs> you weren't going to be able to say that. I think it was 2018, though. Uh, 2018, yeah. 2018. I was healing. It's fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. So 2018, fine. we go to Elevation, <laughs> and um, at that time, I knew yeah. that I was going to be the next pastor of Oasis. And Stephen, Pastor Stephen Furtick, unbelievable com communicator, yeah. man of God, preaches out of this passage. The exact same passage on my mm. baseball bat. Yeah. I never knew why anybody gave me this bat. And he says, I know you have so many dreams, but the whole point of the dream is grain for people who don't have it. Jeez. God is going to put you in charge of the grain wow. for people that don't have it. So then it literally gave purpose to my whole mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. for right. being a pastor was to find out what this grain was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so last year during all staffs and different things like wow. that, I would tell 
people, a famine is coming. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of our pastors on staff sent yeah. me a text message last June, and he says, hey, I've been seeing all these shopping carts like laying around in the streets. And he was like, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you that people are gonna, in, in this next season, people are going to, I have it on my phone, I yeah. can play it. People are gonna have to stock up on food. And he says, really and everything you do is gonna be through technology. And I'm like, yeah. I just, when he said that, I was like, cool, bro. Dope. Yeah. Like, great, guess I better get the iPhone 11. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't even <laughs> process what actually happened. <laughs> And so then come 2020, yeah. here we are, right. and Sheesh. we're in a season, and now God, I believe, is giving each and every one of us a grain. And the access to this grain, some of us it's finances, and we gotta give, that's what it was for. This is not the time to stock up your bank account with tens of thousands of dollars in case there's another shutdown mm -hmm. while your neighbor doesn't have groceries. That's great. That, that's your grain. You, whatever you feel like you have an abundance of, this is, that's your grain. Mm. And, and, and I'm not saying definitely stay off of Amazon, save your money, but make sure you're giving. Mm -hmm. If you have wisdom, if God's giving you revelation, that's your grain. Now's not Do the that. time to yeah. say, oh, but my pastor's really smart and he hears from mm -hmm. God. If you're getting revelation, that's your grain. You yep. better call okay. up your pastor and your leader. Don't worry what... God's giving each and every person, I believe, a prophetic grain, if you will, that's going to get us through this season. Right. And honestly, I honestly believe that this season is harder than it needs to be because believers are holding on to whatever wow. their grain is. That creative idea is grain. That book is grain. The business plan is the grain. And like, oh, we're going to wait until this. No, this is the grain. And God has given you a steward of the grain. It's asked you to be a steward of the grain. And here's the thing. If you wouldn't give it to the person who put you in the worst situation of your life, then God's not going to let you be over it. Mm. He's really not. <laughs> like this is, we got a little dark, didn't we? No, yeah. that, it's not <laughs> Like, it's not saying. dark, it's weighty, and there's a difference. Like, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. This That's is very truth. serious. So, so I want you to take your best friend, and your worst enemy, mm -hmm. and I want you to make sure that you would give them the both, both the same thing if they needed it. And that's honestly my closing thought because wow. there is Joseph's being raised up yeah. in every single industry. There's a Joseph being raised up in the church and his brothers, wow. that Joseph's brothers, and this is a person who was overlooked, never invited to speak, nobody cared about that person. That's a Joseph, that other pastors in your community are gonna need to come to you for help, mm. need to come to you, find it, and you better give it to them. Mm -hmm. There's Joseph's wow. being raised up in high schools yep. everywhere. There's Joseph's being raised up in entertainment, in media. There's Joseph's, girls and boys, there's Joseph's being raised up. And what God is watching for, this is why there's a wave of offense coming, a wave of frustration wow. towards politics, towards police, towards yes. people who post, because the enemy's trying to destroy, not the calling of Joseph, but the mm -hmm. heart of Joseph that would forgive and be a blessing wow. to both his friends and his enemies. And if we pull this off, whoever's watching this, yep. you watch in every industry, yep. from acting to entertainment to business to politics, to every industry, education, there's Joseph's being raised up. Mm. And how you know you are a Joseph is who you would give the grain to. Wow. Mm. Not your smarts, not your intelligence, not your prophetic dreams. 
just who would you give the grain to? Right. And I really believe in our closing thought today that you would just ask yourself. Matter of fact, we're going to do something we haven't done in all the time. We're going to put one question on the screen, not three. Because wow. I want people to lean into this question. Would I give grain to someone who tried to destroy my dreams? That's it. Whatever that grain is. Because if you can answer that question with yes, what God's going to do in your life after COVID, after all of this, you're going to be the one who has the idea to bring right. people together yeah. in unity as mad as you are about racism. Because you're going to be able to sit in front of a racist with the grain of wisdom and the grain of unity, and you're going to be able to bring everybody right. together. Wow. And so I think this is so important. Man, I, I hope that this conversation great, blessed baby. you guys tonight. Um, powerful, powerful thoughts from my amazing co-host. Can y'all help me thank in the chat room, Brother Kendall Haley, Elise Murphy. Come on, episode seven coming up next week. Seven is the number of completion. Wait, six. It's six, bro. Episode six, six. coming so up next week. So what we're trying week. to say is we're not actually completing this. We're, we're yeah. just... Just I don't know what, number, what six means. Somebody Google it. Google Isn't six. Isn't that like evil or something? They say like six, six, six. Probably. I don't know. Probably. So that's great. That's our grain. All right. Episode six coming. It's, it's the number of pre-completions. So something about to be completed in your life. Come on, Netflix. In Jesus' name. <laughs> love you so much. I can't wait to see you for episode six, six of, of the, the conversation. conversation. You missed it again. Love you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Love you so much. We'll see you soon. <laughs>